What is a summertime patriot? Y'all heard me use this term many times. A summertime patriot is someone who is willing to stand up for what's right and willing to take pride in their nation and stand for the rights and liberties and freedoms that we were granted just because we were born here. When it's easy. When it's popular. When it's fun. When it's cool. There are people that talk a good talk, but they do not walk a walk. When shit gets hard, they run. When it's time to make that hard call and say that hard thing. Well, it's don't rock a boat, don't cause drama. Well, surely it can't be that bad. Well, come on. They'll be better than that, won't they? And they sit there and they do nothing. And we've all been guilty of it for far too long. It's how we got to this particular part. Wake up! These are the times the dry man's souls, the summer soldier and the sunshine patriot, will in this time of crisis shrink from the service of his country. But he that stands by deserves the love and thanks of men and women. Tyranny, like hell, is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us, that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What obtained too cheap, we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. We seek fellow winter soldiers, because unlike the sunshine patriots, we stand by our country. Through thick and thin, doing whatever it takes to serve it, including exposing the crimes of those in government, in order to steer it back to the right track. Let it be told that in the depth of winter, when nothing but hope and virtue could survive, that the city and the country, alarmed at one common danger, came forth to meet and to repulse it. The term winter soldier is contrast of the summer patriot, who deserted at Valley Ford because things got hard. We were drawing the blood red line, have to be the winter soldiers now. We could be quiet. We could comply and live peaceful lives, but we feel because of what threatens this country, the medical tyranny, the silencing of dissenting voices, not from foreign nations, but our own government, it is why we must speak and stand. Remember the final line of the declaration that we mutually pledged each other, our lives, our fortunes, and our secret honor. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. It must be fought for, protected, for if trouble must come, let it come in our time, so that our children can live. Hello, welcome to another episode of Witcher's Call Podcast. I'm Odin. This is TM. And we are joined by our great friend, Freya, and a special guest. Do you mind if we give you your name, or do you want just the username, or... No, I'm I'm Katie Ramsey. Hi. All right. And we're joined with a special guest, uh, Katie. If you follow me on TikTok or Tier, we have both shared a very special message. We somebody reached out to us and said, Hey, can you give this boy and this situation a voice? And we jumped at the chance because we talk about evil cabals and we talk about new world orders and, you know, all of the craziness in the world. And sometimes it helps to remember that even if we don't think we can make a change there, there are changes that we can make. And to be a voice 
for somebody who does not have one is a great honor and a privilege. And with that, Katie, I want to hand the floor over to you. Take as much time as you need. Tell us the story of what's going on, not just on his case, but any case that you're familiar with that we can bring, that we can, uh, that we can bring um, attention to. Um, I'm a little limited currently in exactly what I can say about locations or names of um, uh, businesses, etc. Because I have received eight temporary emergency restraining orders um, from the entire management team of a business. And uh, one in the name of the business itself, which is rather unorthodox to have a, a business itself file TRO. Uh, TROs are only issued in um, emergency ones are only issued in uh, life or death situations. So I don't think those were accurately used right now. And it's part of being silenced, but we will get to that. So if I get a little... Uh, vague it's because i'm trying not to go to jail it, it is your story by all means share it however you feel that you get it take as much time as you need i am friends with other disability moms across louisiana and actually the u.s and and now the world and disability families kind of make fast friends because there's an immediate understanding um there's even an immediate understanding of what people don't know you know that the you already know the world sees you differently and your life as as very removed from theirs and so there's a, a sympathy a camaraderie and you really pick up uh quickly into deep relationships in 2018 i met two moms um we were all volunteering at the Louisiana legislature trying to get marijuana for autism passed. One mom, um, Angela Petrus, has a son who is now 28 named Kyle Petrus. When Kyle was 10, he, was, he first went into residential care. He's severely epileptic, autistic, nonverbal, and... Uh, he was very quickly beaten, had bleach thrown in his eyes. It was reported, as we are finding out, is uh, common or even maybe standard, is the reporter gets fired immediately. The institution and the state passed off the incident as an allergic reaction. And it somehow, somehow that investigation bore out and everyone knew it was bleach. Kyle was 10 and he stayed in that institution and became part of a major culture change. 18 years later, the middle of April, uh, Angela sends, Kyle's mom sends me pictures of, um, a living dead guy, a corpse, a starved, malnutritioned, zombie-like state of a person whose muscles are so atrophied they can't move their head off their neck, 
bones sticking out in multiple places, sepsis, infection in bones. And uh, I mean, I can't even list all, all the things, but Kyle was sent from where he was to the hospital so that he did not pass at the location. And when I saw the pictures and I knew what had happened to Kyle and I had been working with another mom with a child at this place since 2018 with reports, with proof, with pictures and just hitting walls. When I saw these pictures of Kyle inches away from death, I knew that I knew that we had to move and we had to take the gore and the brutality of of the truth in those photos and take it as far as we could because if people still don't see it now with Kyle dying, going to lose an, an arm and he's not a candidate for a um, prosthetic. And we had to run with it and we had to run hard. And I also know that some of the moms who've been in these abuse situations with institutions who have reported and had had cases get silenced for the rest of eternity by the legal settlement in cases. So maybe there's parents with kids right now who are in the ICU and they can't tell me exactly what happened or if I can or can't say any information. But I know too, I know too. Uh, so I had Kyle in the ICU. He's been in over 60 days. Uh, he has restraint marks. He's trying to keep his arm. His family now lives in another state and um, we're trying to get everybody into the same spot. It opens up once you deal with the abuse and the, the neglect, which is one thing, it opens up a whole new set of concerns, which is where do people live? So, since 2018, I have been seeing brutal pictures come out of institutions in Louisiana, specifically residential care institutions, specifically nonverbal individuals. Uh, Employees say again and again, it's the nonverbal ones that get it the worst. It's pretty depraved and abhorrent what, what people are when you take away the ability to tell on them. It's a, it's a silence that kills. And the fact that such vicious harm and suffering is covered up with silence as well speaks to the sickness of the whole situation if i were to name all the federal local state government agencies law enforcement uh 
oversight media individuals deciders beautiful people that have ignored covered up not helped denied it would it should scare the crap out of anyone this is like a bad movie and we have some reports of families and employees a body count now and no one wants to look sometimes even the families don't want to look how could you sleep at night if if you look at this kind of thing um and that's another problem in and of itself so firstly big institutions tend to have these problems it's a very complex problem but it seems like logistically as soon as you close doors somehow psychologically that environment breeds uh, abuse and cover-up it's very strange there the workers in these healthcare situations make $8.25 an hour, live in rural areas, are, I'm sure, housing insecure, transportation insecure, food insecure, with no training, put into extreme healthcare situations. They are taken advantage of too. People who donate to nonprofits who support these kind of institutions, they are taken advantage of. The federal government's health care dollars, Medicaid, they are taken advantage of. And come to find out, this is not unique because now that people know we've, blow, we've tried to blow it up so much to talk about it. I'm getting pictures of elder care abuse and abuse at schools. This is not stuff like your average bear should be looking at at this volume without some kind of like psychological presence or foundation to, to process this stuff. So, um, there is no process in this state to step-by-step step report abuse and neglect without getting derailed. And if the, the crew of old moms and young moms all over the state, ones that work for the state, if none of them know it, then it doesn't exist. And so families, individuals, healthcare workers, they're reporting abuse at times on a road to nowhere. We've had, you know, we've gone to detectives with groin bruising. And the story is always that people do it to themselves. Self-injury. We looked at those for years, knowing we had something. Lately, an employee just told us, oh yeah, that's standard. We have a name for it. It's called the CUP check, C-U-P check. A torture 
and abuse so standard we got a cute name <sighs> complex <sighs> so um personal care assistance especially for mine is the wave of the future because there is such a tsunami of numbers of boys and girls behind mine coming forth that nothing in our society is prepared to take care of these people as they age and their lives play out differently than others do. We need personal care assistance and it can't be at 825 an hour and you're, and you're fired for doing the right, the, the right thing and you're trained for nothing because you guys, we are all one diagnosis, one accident, one stroke, one year in aging away from being in exactly the same position as Kyle and his peers. And if we live long enough, we're guaranteed to be in that position. Yeah, I mean, there are there are times where cases will come up when the hospitals overstep their bounds. Uh, Charlie Guard in UK, where they let that boy die, even though other countries had tried to intervene and and get care and the hospitals overrode it uh, there was a case in massachusetts in 2010 where where a girl was diagnosed with something and the the family disagreed with the diagnosis and they took away the parents rights entirely so i understand why people don't want to speak up and why cases don't come up especially with how frequent it is now i am the facts and figures guy so when you told me you know that you we were going to do a, a podcast episode in, on it anyhow after we got your video because it it spoke so much to a society is judged by how it can treat the most innocent amongst us and it is so easy for us to get wrapped up in our day-to-day -day routine that we over that that we skip over things that don't directly impact our lives. When in reality, it it does more than impact our lives. It impacts our souls. the The very soul of who we are is if we let allow this to happen and say nothing. And so, I did a lot of research. Now, I'm not a big fan of the UN, but just so you know, this specific type of abuse is addressed in the UN Convention, Article 16, on the rights of persons with disabilities. It is the, uh, now, I know that the uh, UN is not a popular subject here, but when your own laws fail you, if you can sit here and, and write to somebody who may say something or bring more attention to it, I'm all for it. But looking at the amount of people, the, just the cases of disabled adults or disabled children, you know, uh, well, here, uh, what I found, 12% of Americans, so not a small group, right, have some form of disability. And 94% of those individuals are adults over the age of 18. And they 
suffer a type of abuse in greater than 60% once they are introduced into... Now, we're talking bullying. We're talking uh, abuse. And they break abuse into like five categories, you know, physical, mental, uh, neglect, uh, financial, and emotional. Uh, There and... The numbers in elderly cases in, you know, uh, uh, re- for that. resident homes are insane. Oh, I hope she comes back. <laughs> I can say this, that while we're waiting for her to come back, like my job, I work with Medicare, right? Right. The, am- the sheer amount of cases for elder abuse that comes in and some of the, like, sh- just graphic details... I've seen shit, but it's it's staggering to realize what people will do to those that are weaker than them. Yeah. See, Without is, provocation. I no, I, this is something like I, I would have had no idea about. I, I don't personally know anyone who's... I mean, I, I know people who are disabled, but I don't know about their care. So this is shocking to me personally, but I wish it was. I really do because uh, he's not lying about those statistics. Yeah. No, I know. I know. Uh, Pops don't, don't fuck around with statistics. Pops knows his <laughs> shit. Like, I, I, he's being conservative on it. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the, I chose the lower numbers and that doesn't include that is just in resident care facilities when it deals with physical abuse. The largest percentage of abuse that happens is neglect and uh, emotional, uh, yeah, emotional and financial. Physical abuse is sixty percent. The rest of them are higher than that. I picked the uh, uh, the physical abuse because of the one here. I'm gonna go while we're doing this. I'm gonna go see if she popped back into uh, TikTok, but. So when we're talking about, oh, there she is. So when we're talking about abuse, you know, it is easy to take the lower number, right? And then just ignore it or to sit here and go, well, you know, it, it, it happens a little, but when you look at the numbers in terms of percentage and then based off of what they are of the people in it, you're, I mean, the, the, the highest number that I saw, and this is staggering. 94% 94% of, of disabled people in residential care facilities face some form of abuse. 94%. So you That's either have a you either have a three in five chance of getting punched in the face or physically abused, or they take your money and emotionally abuse you while they neglect you in the process. Now, Katie, I, don't, I think you were, you dropped off. One of my jobs, or my actual job is I work with Medicare. And the sheer amount of, of, a lot of people don't realize this, but if you've been on disability for more than two years, social security disability, they will oftentimes put you on Medicare, despite your age. The sheer amount that we get, and that's just the people willing to step forward. And, and they it's, have, it's horrifying. We, I realized, I knew the numbers were astronomical, especially for people with communication barriers. 
but I, I kept asking myself as like things played out, aren't there checklists? How did, how did these two hospitals who's, who saw these individuals again and again and again under similar, aren't there checklists? Well, there are, there are checklists for injuries that indicate abuse versus accident. And then I started hearing things like um, new cars for all the staff and residents with no clothes, no food. And that's not just one employee. That's so many more people than I, I'm still having trouble organizing everybody to, to get them to the agencies they need to be at. And so, okay, new cars, no clothes, no food, no hot water, no activities. Okay. We're, we're in Medicaid fraud, positive of it. And then they say things like, no staff is there on the weekend at all. Now, you know that care dollars are being billed for, for supervisory healthcare staff, and they're not there. Um, and you go to the Louisiana Department of Health Services, where you're told to report they spend man hours taking your report, filing your claim, sending you your reply letter, opening the case. 30 days, they send all of us different letters. We don't cover that. Uh, this, this is undetermined, unfounded. So there's actually nowhere to report. There's nowhere where this buck stops, not with the sheriff's office, the attorney generals, the DOJ, insurance commissioner, DCFS, adult protective, Louisiana State Police, FBI. They, it's no one's purview, literally. Yeah, yeah. and the percentage of people who are uh, nonverbal, that number is so bad. And it's not like it's new. Here, let me bring you this. Let me tell you the statistics from 2013. In 2013, there were 14,000 complaints filed against nursing home ombudsman uh, about abuse and neglect. Uh, the National Center for Victims of Crime found that nearly 10,000 nursing homes filed complaints related to abuse. But nursing home abuse is just one part of the larger larger problem with abuse of those that need care. And it's estimated in 2014, over 5 million people are affected by uh, this particular type of abuse every single day. Was anything done about um, who was the, the guy in New York that sent all the elderly? No. Cuomo. Nothing was done about that? Yeah, Cuomo. No, 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 no. They just charged him with sexual harassment and ignored it. Sadly, one of the things that we run into that as an observation, one of the, the biggest things is any of the workers that come forward will get terminated because they will jeopardize funding. And it doesn't matter if they're right or not. What the what the nursing home is expecting is that you work as a team player and you don't turn on your teammate. Well, you know, I hate to say it, but fuck that. Uh, what was that? Do you remember that video that you had the, the staff member just straight up punching the, the old man in the chair? No, and it was when an old he, lady. An old lady in the chair. And when she tried to resist, 
He said, why are you resisting? And then threw her on the floor and continued to beat her. Yep. And people just filmed it with their phone. But I think I figured out, like, okay, when they talk about the amount of people uh, when it comes to abuse, right? They, they mention nursing home uh, or uh, resident care staff members, right? They say they're frustrated, they're exhausted, they're manipulative, uh, harm the residents the way they're supposed to care for. In 2020, a study from the World Health Organization found that over 64% of nursing home staff members admitted to committing some form of abuse or neglect. But what does most articles focus on? And we did this not that long ago on another episode. In 2021, uh, they, a nursing home resident who was also a registered sex offender assaulted another resident multiple times. So they're going to blame it on them, but they gloss over the 64% of residential care uh, staff members admitted to it at least once. It's it's funny to me. I mean, you, you know, you guys know me how I'm I'm big on questions of how, especially like with Cuomo and, and a high profile case, high profile cases where there's sexual abuse, like blatant sexual abuse. And it's not something that the people are addressing. And that's what makes me so happy that thank you, Katie, for coming on. And Odin and Tyr, you guys bringing light to this is amazing. You know that. Oh, I'm going to do more. We're going to sit here to ask you how we can help and uh, get some information. I know some people that are really good into digging into stuff. So <laughs> I will say, I'm going to say this though, because when I posted your video, I got a community guidelines violation and I have never been so proud of getting one. I was like, I actually don't mind that one. I get them all the time for things that make me angry. That one, I'm like, no. Though I kept trying to post it, I posted it eight different times and I cannot get it to come out of processing. Maybe I should make you a slightly different one. Uh, we might. What, did you get it from her page, or did you do at me? Because we all know that I'm the no, duet. No, 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 no. I'm smarter than that. I already realized <laughs> if I duet something from you, I'm going to get banned. No, I, uh, I have enough trouble with that on my own. Thank you. So I went from Katie's page. All right. But yeah, so we're trying to get as much attention on TikTok, but TikTok wants to suppress it. When you show real life, they go, oh, that's explicit. Or they put the warning or the tag. And uh, I noticed that you have another case. Uh, we're going to uh, another video on your page. So I'm going to do it that one and put that one up too. Uh, the, the, you know, as much light as we can bring to this. I mean, because I work with uh, uh, sex trafficking organizations. So, yeah. Uh, and there are a lot of people that want to focus on that. So I got to step back and work on the podcast and you have helped me refocus to the, this is a cause that we're going to do. So this is what we're going to do. And we'll focus a lot on this, uh, on our, uh, or on my TikTok page, uh, to try and bring up any, as many cases. So tag me in any of the videos that you want and I will repost them and we'll blow them up and we'll talk about it on our podcast. Uh, looking at the numbers was staggering just because I knew some of it, like I had a grandmother who suffered from uh, nursing home abuse. So we pulled her home and uh, 
we had to do it on the basis that she would be put in hospice. Because if not, they weren't going to let her go. Yep. We had to sit here and sign the paperwork that says, okay, we're just going to let her die. And that was the only way we could rescue her. She lived another eight months. And it was eight months that she could heal and recover emotionally so she wasn't this broken person. But she had bed sores and she, I'm, I, it was just, it was horrible. And I can't imagine a young man going through that. No dignity, nobody caring for him, nobody, you know, looking out for him in that place. And there were moments of pure joy that you could see on his face, like when he was out running around and exercising. And, and to see the other pictures in contrast to that really hit hard. So, yeah, I'm, you made a comment. How do you sleep with your, you know, for some family members don't come forward because how do you sleep with yourself admitting that? I mean, how do you, when you put your trust in someone that, and an organization that is supposed to, that is their one fucking job. I apologize. You don't know me very well, but I'm pretty rough on my language. <laughs> so, um, but I mean, you, you trust these sons of bitches and, and they're supposed to, they got one job. That's what they're there for. And you put your trust in the wrong place. Now, not all facilities are like this. There are a lot of really great facilities, but it seems like every time <laughs> you find one of those. They're the ones that aren't covered by insurance. They're the ones that nobody wants to work with because they are the ones that actually put in the effort. And now that's just too much because we've treated healthcare, especially for disabled individuals. We've treated healthcare by commission. Well, times equal dollars. Yeah. Yep. I mean, look at me. I, I'm a, I'm a really good example. So in 2004, I was given six, nine months to live and uh, I'm hundred percent service connected. Uh, veteran. And they gave me all the pain medication I want. But after once they made that diagnosis that I had six to nine months to live, they just gave me pain medication. All of the doctor's visits went away. All of the therapy went away. All of the, the care and the blood work, all of it went away because they're like, oh, well, we're writing you off. Right. And that was it. That was that was the here. Take as many pain meds as you want and don't call us again, which is what it was. One of the things about healthcare that I hate so much, especially like when you're in my side of the business, is is the words palliative care. I absolutely despise that because all it means is tough tits. We don't care. We'll drug you until you don't feel it. You're dead. And that I I, I hate to say this, but that is what most. That's how most people get treated. Yep. Chemical restraints. Uh, now you did you say that Kyle was losing his arm? There, there. He's still trying to keep the the right. I, right on. Both elbows were broken. One was broken twice. They they don't usually don't receive medical care for broken bones. And uh, the one that had the bone sticking out of the flesh and the bone infection, I think it's his right arm. Um, that's, that's the one they're trying very hard. Uh, that one. Yeah, I was actually going to ask about that because mm -hmm. I, I was sitting there going, surely to God, that's not what I think it is, but it was. Yeah. Now, I'm sorry, but did you just make a, a statement that they don't usually get treatment? For broken bones? The 
families or guardians that have come forward to me, it's been a common thread. Uh, broken knees, no, uh, no medical attention, and then by the time the family gets there, it's it's, it's too late. Surgery, yeah. A lot of our guy, I say guys because the autism nonverbal ep epilepsy combination is just um, numbers wise predominantly guys. So, I, but I mean all of us. Um, yes, broken uh, broken bones with no medical attention is is seeming as common from multiple families. Uh, there was a care worker that's nickname was the arm breaker. Uh, Say again? And there's a, <laughs> I like how both me and him were just like, come again? There was a care worker whose nickname at work was the arm breaker. Hmm. <laughs> because he is still in the hospital right now and still has his broken elbow, which I, I've seen the picture of it as well. So you would think that that would need immediate medical treatment and he is in a medical facility and it's still not being addressed. Right, right. In a, in a medical healthcare facility, right? And then when you say to Louisiana Department of Health Services, like, oh, this kid's got bones coming out. They didn't feed him or water him, or it looks like that. I must speak carefully, hypothetically. Okay, you have to. I'll say it. I've seen people in better shape out of a goddamn concentration camp from fucking Auschwitz. That is horrible. It is horrifying. Who Whose purview is it? It's supposed to be the ombudsman. Working with what I do, it's supposed to be the ombudsman, but I'm betting that they she, just they get so overwhelmed they don't even take a look, do they? She did not know he was in the hospital until she saw my post on Facebook. Oh, you're kidding me. She has made statements like everybody thinks we want to close these places down. No. We need, our people need these settings for a million different reasons, you know. Uh, nobody can, can have these places closed down, but we, we do need a management change, like pronto. And she, when invest, when talking to this parent and others, has made statements like, well, it's just so hard to take on a big place like this. Nobody wants to see these places closed. No, nobody does. Yes, it is hard to take on, but it's a simple fix. Like, hey, you guys, you got a pretty toxic thing going. Get a new team in, open the doors and let people come this in. Is, this is going to sound weird coming from me because normally we expect it from, you know, a sweet thing down here. Mm -hmm. um, but where's the goddamn empathy? I mean, isn't there like a basic... Ba or a, a baseline of empathy or, or just decency? We can talk about that. I have theories about that. I um, almost don't even get mad at people anymore because I used to say, like, how could it be? Or why do people hate us? Or why are people so incentivized to harm? I think that there is something in... 
our DNA as a healthy animal, it's not charging, that makes, I can't even get mad at it because I think that there's something in our DNA as like healthy animals that makes us or others really adverse uh, uh, Darwin wise to parts of the pack or the herd that probably just suck resources and draw attention. And they also, people who are different remind healthy animals of what could happen to them. And nobody wants to think of themselves as so close to helpless. So I think that there, if you look, I mean, like it's, it's kind of a Darwinist attitude, like I think we gross people out, scare them, and we don't belong as part of the pack. And and then I think something kind of um, primal happens there. I could see that for normal people. And, and I love how you were putting that, but I'm going to answer it a different way. Nothing on this planet matches or even comes close to man's inhumanity to his fellow man. A lot of these people, now most of my family is medical. I'm on the opposite side of that fence where I'm on the insurance side, which makes things interesting. But so most of my family is medical. And one of the things that we, that I learned just by observing is how many times, especially in these uh, residential facilities, these are people who couldn't cut it. They could not cut it in an actual medical situation, and they hate it. They're miserable, and they take it out on other people because they're that classic. They're the classic narcissist that does, you know, the, it starts out with emotional abuse, then it becomes a physical abuse because it's the only way that they feel powerful because mm -hmm. they have to make somebody else feel inferior. And it's fucking sick, and I'd like to have about 20 minutes with each of them and a wood chipper. Um, carrying on. Talk about DNA that doesn't need to replicate, right? <laughs> hey, I, I, how about we start with some late-term abortions? I think that's okay. Everyday eugenics is a huge part of our life. That's one of my favorite phrases. I, I made it up. I'm not positive, though. We should talk about everyday eugenics, too. So, I actually have done a lot of research on eugenics and it is a very sick and twisted practice a lot well yeah, but i think it's actually become so ingrained in our life in mm -hmm. our society i don't want to say our lives but in our society as a whole no i don't think most people realize you're right i mean think of the substandard care Think of how people, you know, we want to ostracize, we want to change them, we want to put them in a different group. I, I, when you are disabled, it becomes kind of uh, like a like an organ transplant plant list. Everything is triaged as to if if you are investable as a patient no, it's not, it's not we're trying to get my charger to work i'm so sorry oh no don't apologize we get it <laughs> life happens <laughs> katie sweetheart uh 
Hello, my name is Chum. I am the tech neophyte. I'm lucky my computer turned on, so don't feel bad at all. I'm just happy it's not me at the moment. Because uh, <laughs> trust me, here in about five or ten minutes, it probably will be me. So, there is a... <clears throat> so, we have talked about the issue. Now let's talk about what we can do to help. Is the GoFundMe that I found online the legitimate one from uh hold on That's Angela Angela's sister yes April April and people like I kind of like when people ask questions about it can y'all hear me in the rain yes um um I like when people ask questions about it because they say oh you know someone with Kyle's challenges is going to be on you know, Medicare and, and he's going to be taken care of and everything's provided for. But Angela's raising other kids in another state as a full-time teacher. She's trying to get in and get to stay where Kyle is staying until she can move everyone back. So people say, oh, Kyle's never going to see any of that money. No, I don't think anybody's going to be handing Kyle bills right now because his hands aren't working so good. But his mom, his brothers and sisters, his aunt, they can be in the room with him. They can have a hotel in the city. They can order a pizza for the kids. So people do ask, like, oh, well, what? You know what's that money gonna do? It's gonna, it's gonna keep that family together during a really terrible time. It's the That's real. Worth That's worth it. Yeah. Oh, I'm having a hard time with these charges. It keeps going in and out. I'm so sorry. I'm oh no problem. Conversation, y'all. So I'm a nine-hour and forty-one-minute drive from. The location, so just just say it. <laughs> I got a buddy who lives in that area. <laughs> I can't. I can't even stop for gas in that city. Like, only is five hours away, and my kid can't travel more than an hour in a car without going into seizure cycle. My youngest, but I have people carrying guns now. Because I said that I would report them for medical neglect. I have police officers upset that their spouses have been professionally reported on. I can't, I mean, not only can I not get there logistically, but if I needed gas, I would just keep keep walking or something. You know, I wouldn't stop. I would not let the sun set on me there. I'm petty. I will ride a bus. I'm just, I like I said, I'm retired. Trust me, and, and I carry my own nuke. So <laughs> he's my son. He's 14, and he's a mischievous. Uh, he's very mischievous. <laughs> I'm so very proud of that boy. Same. <laughs> I love that kid. You know, I wish. Okay, so like in a perfect world, coming from my side of things, in a perfect world, your ombudsman, your or the the office and the inspector general, these would be two tools that you would use. Even using Medicaid's fraud department, or you could even use the benefit integrity unit at Medicare. In a perfect world, that is what would work. 
Unfortunately, here is the problem with our healthcare system. And I'm not condoning this, but I want to explain something so that for those of you that don't know in the audience, the problem is when something like this is reported, they give notice that they're coming in for an inspection. And of course, they clean it all up, mix all nice and pretty until they leave. And the second they leave, it's like that classic bully when you were on the, the playground. He beat the stuffing out of you till the teacher showed up because somebody told on him. You get about two days worth of decent time when the teacher wasn't looking, he beat the stuffing out of you harder. Now, why do they give them notice? <laughs> Is it? <laughs> I mean, I, this is something that I just had happen recently. Someone who clearly does not um, care for their animals properly. Uh, it wasn't me that made the call, but someone did call to have uh, an animal check done. And they left a card there. So this person got notice. And then they cleaned up and they came back the next day. I Like, you would think that it is common knowledge that when someone gets notice of something that is going to be inspected that you are doing incorrectly, that they would clean up their act. So why do we give them notice? Are we infringing upon their rights in some way? Because as, as a society, we have chosen the medical profession rather than the medical recipient. That's and it's not it's not just and it's not just residential that's hospitals that's urgent care clinics pharmacies it's everything we've chosen the business aspect though i will say one thing and i and i, I don't want to get political in this discussion however i want to point out for everybody if you think this is horrific this happens in the united states where we have a lot more laws than most other nations Welcome to what the very beginning of socialized medicine looks like. And I've been a recipient of socialized medicine when I was in Europe. If you think this is bad, and it, it, it is, it, it's absolutely horrendous. But there's got to be another option besides putting it under government control. So let's talk about that stuff. So as we find out, like, so many of the moms I work with, like, you know, we need oversight because we have all these standards and laws and like schools are like, da, 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 da. I don't know about that. Do what they want. And, and so we realize like, oh, shit, you know, we got all this stuff. We need oversight. It's somebody's it's somebody's responsibility to check. Well, logistically, when that sifts out, you can be checking all day long every single last person number one as soon as you have a system in place people will figure out how to beat the system and number two oversight till you're dead if you don't put creative resources on the ground you can just stand there and tell everybody well you haven't you know been up to par you haven't been up to par you're going to be saying that if you never get the other part of the picture, which is like the resources on the ground. Oh, more oversight. Well, you're going to have to throw some cash in that door too to help fix it up. I think one of the problems with oversight is the fact that you know we have oversight. There are a whole brand, There's a, a whole branch of the government dedicated to oversight when it comes to medical, but there's no fucking solution. 
there's a slap on the hand, and eventually you get enough of those slaps on the hand that you have to shut down. Then you just sell yourself to somebody else, and they do the same thing. So I think there needs to be a, a like a creative solution, like maybe incentivizing proper treatment. But on the flip side of that, again, there's there's where you run into a little bit of a problem that when you make a system, humans find a way to fuck it up. So, uh, again, with tr trying to find solutions, what are the qualifications that you would need to get into that position in healthcare where you do care for someone who is nonverbal, autistic, whatever the case may be? What, are there any qualifications? <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> be a CNA. You can be a CNA in less than 16 hours. Yeah. See, uh, I, I know nothing. Test? Can you what? pass a drug test? Because then at that point, after you pass that first initial drug test, nine times out of ten, you'll never be tested again. Got a criminal record when you first start? Maybe you have some trouble. Don't have a criminal record? You start and then you get one? They probably won't check again. I know nothing of the medical field. I, I honestly, I had no idea that there, you didn't have to be like a qualified individual to, to care for another human being. I, I think that qualifications in that aspect would be very important, but I guess not. Um, Let me put Ms. it to you. Stady, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. uh, are they asking for money? The, uh, of, of me or of clients? Of clients. Yes, there okay. is private pay insurance. There are private donations to the nonprofit. There is archdiocesan help. So it's a strange brew of like nonprofit contracted company. I, I are, are they asking the parents or the guardians of the patients? Do they charge them like a tuition? On yeah. Yes. That that is illegal. They're listed as a five hundred one c three. It's illegal. It states on there. Now I know you can't say the name, but I'm really good at digging into stuff. <laughs> and if it's the facility that I'm reading, that 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 has a virgin mother in the name, uh, then it lists on their website that they provide these services free of charge because they're five hundred one c three. They. I will have to talk to the families to make sure, but I know that they do take their SSI, their Medicaid, their state funding. I know it's not just like all private donations and, and the residents' lives are covered. You know, I'm beginning to hate 501 C3Cs or whatever they are. Oh, attract the vote. There's two kinds of people who show up. The ones who are like, yes, we're going to do this without the burden of, you know, the, the pure capitalist drive. And then there's like the vultures that are like, most of these people are volunteering. <laughs> yeah. 501c3s. Ooh. You guys, we need Freya. to... Freya, just to give you an example, I have had more training in my position than than any CNA. And you don't work with human lives in your hands. Nope. 
but I've had more official training, more certifications, and more tests that I have to actually pass to do what I do than CNAs do. And CNAs are basically most of the people that will be dealing with patients. Did they take guardianship of him? I'm not sure about this person. I'm not sure about this person, but there are a lot of wards of the state in there. And if we really want to get crazy, let's just say, okay, you know the bad Hollywood movie that this seems to be? Wards of the state. Nobody's coming. Nobody even knows you there. There's no one matching a roll call list, heads to beds. There's a check coming from the state for your bed. There's a check coming from the state for your benefits. Oh, here's a perfect example. It's a big property. It's a very big property. Well, let me, let's put it this way for a second. You know how bad uh, how bad it is with foster care, right? Yeah. yeah. Freya, do you do you you we've talked about it before uh, how many people abuse the foster care system and there's nobody there? No yes. one knows. Yeah. That that right there is I would put foster care system as an A and then you have this healthcare system somewhere down at Z. You have more security with a foster care system than you do with most places that treat disabled individuals. Because the eyes on them. People can see them. Then again, in today's day and age, government and oversight is ruled by one thing. How deep them pockets? Insurance and lawyers. Yep. I try to be delicate with that because I'm one of those insurance motherfuckers, but it runs the country. Um, I think the the more that people start reaching out from all different places, all different types of residents, but most with the communication challenges, the body counts are going to go up. I think if they were to put dogs on different institutional property, it just seems like it would, you know, all the other elements of the bad movies are there. Yeah, I wish you weren't right about it that. Wouldn't, but. It wouldn't be as crazy as some of the things I've already seen. In my opinion. Which we know is worth nothing because I have a ceramics degree. So please, fact check me and trust nothing I say. Well, I mean, if we listen to the other side, you're not a biologist or or in the medical field, so uh, you 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 can't. I can't sure uh, like if the FBI doll find a former residents that were wards of the state checks were still going. Who would say that? That would be insane. Who would even <laughs> that? Wait, wait, uh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. 
Hold on one second. <laughs> okay, FBI agent that follows me around. <laughs> you want to do something important? Or do I need to take a reverse mirror image picture again? I was going to say, please. <laughs> This is your purview. This is special crime. People get I, I don't know. Now, Katie, I don't know if you've listened to our podcast before, but there's a joke because the old man up there, we were getting ready to do a podcast and his camera was off and he was just talking away. I was like, your camera's off. He goes, oh, I forgot. He says, when I was shaving my butt for the FBI. <laughs> so I figured we could use a laugh, but that's, that's definitely the one. Um, you have to shave your butt for the FBI? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to make it easy for them to, to see what we're doing. Yeah, I'm blind. I figured they might as well be too. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's why we haven't been able to like pull them in like we were hoping to. So yeah, they they, they saw that we were recording. Went off. No, 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 not again. <laughs> Never again. I just need to put my shirt on. <laughs> so you guys, you're really smart. You're really researched. You're invested in the human organism that plagues the planet right now. Let's take all the emotion out, all the suffering, logistics wise. How do we make the dollars talk to make this work? How do we, like you said, to incentivize? What do we need here? Because goodwill and fellowship, and all that, sh it, it's out the door when you get to big institutionalized care. Realistic. The one thing, the one thing that most people fear more than losing money is losing power. And I may not be able to outspend them, but I know some people in the media and I know some people who owe me some favors. So it may take a little bit, but uh, I'm going to throw some resources at this one. Thank no one. Everybody disappeared. No one will cover this. One baby in Georgia is covered in these, the, as they should be. The parents are led away and chained, and there's an article that the AP picks up, and it goes everywhere. I got a body count. I got pictures. I got statements from people who don't even intersect. So off of the air, I want to know what your body count is. And the, and the reason that I say that is because it's important for certain individuals to get involved. Okay. Um, like if it, if it is suspected or if it's legit, we'll determine how they act so or how they respond to it. These would have been cases of negligence. The first thing would have been a patient named Joey, an adult male who had pica, like my son has non-food items. Joey was supposed to have a one-on-one -on -one care attendant. These care attendants were Filipino workers that uh, institutions may import in for cheap labor with lies of housing and compensation, untrained. And 
when an untrained worker was said not to be with Joey, Joey ate his mattress and died. Last. Hold, 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 hold the fucking phone for a second. Just to cotton pick a minute here. Would you repeat that? Roll that back for a second. Joey ate his mattress and died. So this is this is the type of information that needs to be brought to light because when you don't have money to fix a problem, I you have to turn to information and embarrassment, and these people should be embarrassed and ashamed. They silence everyone. I mean, here I am trying to. I don't have my my constitutional rights right now because. A law that warped all that to protect pe people in desperate situations has been so warped and violated that that I can't speak freely right now about legitimate claims, legitimate substantiated claims. That's fine. We don't want to get you in trouble. No, well, I'm just talking about the silencing. Freya was talking about like how the information is so vital, and it is because. The, the tactic of silence, silence, silence us. Yes. Tear. Think mama? <laughs> I'm going to say it. I want to be a record of it. But. <laughs> All right. So. What else can we do to help you out? We're going to funnel people towards the, the, the TikTok videos. We're going to funnel people towards this podcast. And uh, I know that you can't spread that information about uh, any of the stuff, but I am under no such obligations. So that's me. And if they want to, I have, I have personal lawyers. Bring it. And, uh, Nobody will touch me. Send me one of those. So we're going to sit here and we're going to funnel them to the GoFundMe. Uh, I just wanted to make sure it was legit. So, And now that I know it's legit, we'll put it in this description and we'll reach out to some big creators on TikTok that we know. Uh, some that are just looking for a fight and they're so pent up. They have so much pent up frustration that they're fighting each other. So we'll we'll refocus them. Well, the moms and, do. <laughs> huh? The moms do that. So, uh, again, if you have any more videos uh, from different individuals, uh, tag me in them on TikTok, and I will share them. And we share them on, uh, like we showed uh, the one that you, that I had received on our uh, live uh, on Friday. So... We'll we'll get as much information and shine as many lights as we can, and we'll see if we can't put some chinks in the armor. I don't know if you saw it, but he started with, you know, he goes, hey, we're going to start the podcast. Boom, here, have this. I was like, what the? It's one of those sobering things that I can't stand. It just being swept under the rug. And the, how how could the entire nation, our entire government, uh, professionals, like, it is. Voting. 
So, um, the body count, Joey, the recent body, um, this past August, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, uh, hold on, you're breaking up. Uh, I believe it's my, my connection and my charger, but uh, eight-year-old Brooklyn is a little girl who died of seizures because employees have to sign a waiver saying they will never touch someone in seizure. They must pay on duty as supervisors. So when eight-year-old Brooklyn went to seizure, they paid. They paid four times. Our campus heard it. Staff heard it. Uh, supervisors or, or whoever was supposed to um, other employees claimed they were outside. I didn't ask what that meant. They either heard it or didn't hear it, but, but they never And the, the child passed away. Uh, so wait, you're saying that there was a situation with an eight-year-old little girl that has seizures, but they have signed a waiver where not the normal staff, but a supervisor, someone with supposedly more education, has to handle it. But then they didn't have enough supervisors on hand to handle it when it actually happened? No, they were outside partying. They were there on the campus, but they were outside partying. So when the state came <laughs> to investigate it, the staff was coached, and this is none of this is my first hand. This is what people have written to me. Um, the staff was coached to say that the phones and intercom systems did not work when everyone on campus had heard the four pages go out. So, you should see so, the groin bruises that are called falls off of bikes, the kidney punches. He fell off a bike. Okay, well, you've put my guy in a wheelchair for three years when he was completely ambulatory. and um, But you put him on a bike, and both of his kidneys are bruised. Mm, yay, about that big. Purple, red, yellow. So here's what I want you to do. Did you get it through TikTok, the, the link, or did you get it through the email? I opened it up from the TikTok. Okay, well, I sent you an email. I would like you to give me a list of all of the information that you are legally allowed to give me, and I will put together an action plan so that we can sit here and hit this head on. Thank you. Thank you. You are welcome. Just to have is there, is there anything else that we can do to help you and the moms out? Being heard is, like, fucking awesome, number one. Um and just to know to, to have people look at it and evaluate it is all we ever wanted and just to, to know that maybe like angela and the kids can be together with kyle while he heals and then the media people don't know people don't well, know. we're about to change that so <laughs> All right. So, is is there anything you would like to say? Anything else? Thank you. Well, you are welcome. And it is our honor to sit here and be able to stand in this gap and be a voice. Even if it's just a little tiny voice right now. Even, even butterfly wings that flap in the Sahara create hurricanes. So, 
All right. Well, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. And again, we are honored to be able to be that voice. So honored for getting to, to talk to y'all for this amount of time. Really. Thank you. Tear, Freya, do you have anything you would like to add to say? Nothing in polite society. Fair. I have a feeling that there's going to be a vent <laughs> session later. I get it. So, uh, <laughs> and Freya, our beloved queen. How about you? Uh, Katie, it was very nice to meet you. Uh, Odin and Tyr run everything, and I just kind of do what they tell me, so they are all the credit for this. <laughs> all the credit. Uh, and I love them. I love them, because they always they always uh, keep everyone in mind, and, and unfortunately, I get really busy. So, thank you, Odin and Tyr. You know I have a tough guy reputation I'm supposed to be protecting, right? Fucking yeah, Mr. Yeah, Mr. Glitterbeard. So <laughs> <laughs> you okay, <laughs> should you not just a, for a for a humor session here? Um so today is my uh, well, today we celebrated my brother's birthday and uh there was a present underneath the, you know, for me and I was like, "Why do I have a present on your birthday?" He goes, "No, this is my request to you." It's like, "What?" That that jackass bought 20 pounds of freaking glitter. Yes. <laughs> Y'all are going to have to move. You're going to have to move. You are never going to get the club out of your life. You're <laughs> you don't understand. I've been trying for three weeks and I still find glitter in places I didn't. I wasn't even there. I didn't even walk in that room and there's glitter. <laughs> Freya, I have to come find you on TikTok so that I can follow you. I'll find you. I'll go. Oh, thank to, you. Uh, I'm going to go to Odin's video because I think you're tagged in it. Yes. And then I'll go follow you. Okay, awesome. I'll follow you back. Thank you, guys. Thanks a bajillion. No problem. Again, it is our honor. We have we always look, you know, we say, like I said at the beginning, we talk about a lot about the, the bad stuff that's coming, the super mega bad stuff that we warn people about, that we try to get people prepared for. But if we're not going to help rebuild that humanity, then I think we've lost the goal of our own message. So this is our uh, speaking. You know, We talk a lot about honor and what, is, what has more honor than to stand in the gap and be the voice for those who cannot speak. Once more into the breach. Yep. So, with that being said, thank you for joining us on this highly emotional, emotion-packed episode of Winter's Call. I'm Odin. This is Tia. And we will see you on another episode. Peace. <laughs>